Welcome or welcome back to Prophetic Prayer Podcast. I'm Kendra, your host, and today is January 18th, and we turn it to Genesis in the Old Testament, where we are learning about Joseph, who is Jacob's favorite son, and him being his favorite son caused a lot of drama with the other brothers who hated him because he was the favorite son. And uh, Jacob gave Joseph this beautiful robe that he wore all of the time, and that just made his brothers hate him even more. And then Joseph started to have prophetic dreams, where he was um, seeing the stars bow to him, and he was seeing his, his brothers and, and father bowing to him. And... This made his brothers hate him even more, but it, was, it made his father start to look for a deeper meaning. So, meanwhile, the brothers arranged to kill Joseph, but one of the brothers decides to um, spare him, and instead of killing him, they sell him to Egyptians. And one of, I think it's jo, uh, Judah, Judah is trying to rescue Jacob. And he, so he tells him to just throw him down in this well. And he's planning on coming back to get him. But then the brothers end up selling him instead. And so basically this is all a story about jealousy and envy and what that can do when you allow for that to pollute your mind and so they end up um, taking his robe and and bathing it in sheep's blood and going back to their father and saying that that joseph's been killed or been eaten by an animal and then judah has a son that's married to this woman tamar and he ends up dying and so he wants his other son to go and marry her and have a baby with her for his brother. And so because he doesn't want to do that, he keeps spilling his seed on the ground every time he has intercourse with her. And then he ends up dying. And so they tell the woman to go back with her, her family until the youngest son is old enough to come and marry her. And so... Years and years later, Judah is coming to the town and Tamar gets word that her father-in-law is coming to the town. So she changes out of her widow's clothing and drapes herself in this cloth over her head and she goes and sits out by the roadway. I'm not exactly sure why she does this, but Judah comes across her and he thinks that she's a prostitute. So he propositions her to have sex with him. And she says yes for like a goat and his walking stick and a way to identify him. And um, she ends up becoming pregnant with twins. And when three months later, when her father finds out that she's pregnant, when she's not, she's a widow, they, they are going to have her killed. And she sends a message to her father-in-law 
who owns these things made me pregnant. And then that's when he realizes that he got his own daughter-in-law pregnant, and so he allows her to live. And then we go over to the New Testament, and we have Matthew 12, 22 through 45. I just love that number because it's my birthday, 12, 22. And a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. And the crowd was amazed. Could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? But the Pharisees heard about the miracle and they said, No wonder he casts out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, Any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family split by feud will fall apart. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists or your own disciples? They cast out demons too. So they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of the strongest man and plunder his goods? Only someone stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. Anyone who opposes me and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So I tell you that every sin is blasphemy, can be forgiven, except for the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or the world to come. For a tree is identified by its fruits. If the tree is good, the fruit will be good. If the tree is bad, then the fruit will be bad. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. So Jesus is really pointing out that when we are divided, we fall. And that when we have division within our own vessel, within our own body, within our own consciousness, we will fall. And just pointing out that it makes absolutely no sense to say that only the son of demons can cast out demons because that would be him attacking himself. What would be the point of that? Uh, the son of demons would be casting demons into people, not casting them out. That makes absolutely no sense. And so once again, he's just, he's showing that He's showing who he is and he's walking in that divine alignment of this is who I am and I'm showing you and rather than you guys are just, you know, spinning your wheels and speaking nothing but absolute absurdity. Also, he goes on to talk about Jonah. He's talking about what's to come. He's saying, this is who I am and this is how I am showing you who I am. And then he's also telling you what's to come. And so he's saying, when this happens, you'll know who I am without a shadow of a doubt. And also I'm not going to prove it to you. And so he refers to 
Jonah being in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights. And so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And then everyone will repent on Judgment Day. And um, so, again, Jesus knew what was coming. There wasn't anything that anybody could hide from him. He was well aware of everyone's thoughts, and he, he knew the path that he was here to walk. And because he wasn't living in the illusion, he wasn't afraid of it. And also when he's saying that anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. And that's because the Holy Spirit manifests everything. And so it's basically separating you from your spirit when you speak against the Holy Spirit of the Divine Mother. Like you will always have to pay for those. You will always have repercussions to pay for that are going to be a, an effect of your um, speaking hatefully against or going against. And so those can't just be forgiven, but you can, you can get so mad at Jesus or you can go against God and then realize that you were wrong and just ask for forgiveness and it is done. It is already forgiven before you've even asked. But when you go against the Holy Spirit, you are destined to pay for um, whatever um, cause that you put into motion, you're, you're destined to um, be repaid in that effect from whatever it is that you unconsciously or consciously manifested. And then we go over to Proverbs that says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and then I will help you. Don't plot harm against your neighbor for those who live nearby trust you. Don't pick a fight without reason when no one has done harm to you. Do not envy violent people or copy their ways. Such wicked people are not desirable to the Lord but he offers his friendship to the godly. And this brings me over to A Course in Miracles, Lesson 18. So this brings me over to A Course in Miracles. I am not alone in experiencing the effects of my seeing. So this is about when two or more are gathered. So when minds are joined, the idea does not refer to what you see as much as how you see it. So I am not alone in experiencing the effects of how I see because we have our we have our individual perceptual reality and then we have our collective perceptual reality. And so when we're joining with another in our belief systems or any, you know, thought, the collective thought that we are perceiving from, we're not able to see it from a purity of of just having um, a new experience with that, where you're having an experience that is joining together with other like minds. So when we're seeing a wicked world, we can say, I am not alone in experiencing the effects of how I see, but I'm choosing to surrender this. And Jesus says, I am leading you along the high road, but there are descents as well as ascents. 
In the distance, you see a snow-covered peaks glistening in the brilliant sunlight. Your longing to reach the, those peaks is good, but you must not take shortcuts. Your assignment is to follow me, allowing me to direct your path. Let the heights beckon you onward, but stay close to me. Learn to trust me when all things go wrong. Disruptions to your routine highlight your dependency on me. Trusting acceptance of trials brings blessings that far outweigh them all. Walk hand in hand with me throughout your day. I have lovingly planned every inch of the way. Trust does not falter when the path becomes rocky and steep. Breathe deep and draw in my presence to hold tightly to my hand together we can make it and so it is this is kendra and you can find me at kendra divine purpose mentor.com